0: Welcome back to our study of the book of Revelation. We're so glad that you could be back with us again to continue. We're going to actually cover a couple of chapters today uh, as, we, as we move really toward the end of, of the book of Revelation. We'll be in chapters 15 and 16 if you want to follow along. And if you've missed any of these, uh, go back and, and watch the, the previous ones. Um, you may be watching this as it premieres uh, through Facebook or through YouTube. When we're, we put them out in real time, uh, but if you're watching them after the fact and you want to catch up, you can go back through the archive and, and find those. Uh, everything is available also uh, on MonroeChurchOfChrist.org. Uh, you can find it there. So let's get right into chapter 15. Remember, we've uh, we're going to review a little bit here, but we, we see a scene of heaven. Uh, we we begin with uh, with John the Revelator uh, receiving a vision. And writing letters to seven churches in Asia, uh, talking to them about what they are going through and what they will go through with regard to um, the evil of the Roman Empire, the persecution of the Roman Empire. And then we see seven uh, scrolls, seven seals, which are all broken. We see we have seven trumpets. Um, and let's talk a little bit about what that is and how it gets us to this point, because we have those warnings, we have those letters, we have those seals that are broken, that reveal to us things that are going to come. And then you have these seven trumpets. And what are those trumpets, those, those blasts, those proclamations? They are warnings that are going to come um, about from God as to what he's going to do to fix this problem. And the thing with us as human beings and the thing with God, just like us, is that patience has a limit. The patience of God has a limit. And we are reaching the limit of God's patience here in, in Revelation because he has been given warning after warning after warning and revealed visions of Satan, uh, Satan trying to destroy the plan of God by destroying Christ. Unable to do so, he raises up and gives power to an evil empire which demands worship. Of that empire. We see that in chapter 13, chapter 14, and now the patience of God has run out and he is now going to deliver the wrath that he has been warning against. And one of the components of that warning is that not everyone who is faithful to God is going to be spared from the destruction. When God brings his power and his wrath and his judgment, sometimes even the faithful suffer because of it. That warning is given throughout these last few chapters we've studied. Uh, you'll see that uh, he talks about the trouble and the pain and that the nation will fall or Babylon will fall or, or this beast will fall. And when it does, it's going to hurt everyone around it. The, the fall of the Roman Empire really, um, really did uh, cause some destruction even to good people because that's what happens when nations fall. But we have to remember the perspective of the people who are being written to here. We come, you and I, from Western, uh, Anglo-Saxon sort of intellect, mentality, and um, philosophy, which emphasizes the rights of the individual we emphasize the the purpose of individuality and justice. We believe in justice. Um, justice for all, and we talk about that. We, we have a Bill of Rights, we and even going back to Great Britain, there are those things that exist, but Western culture is generally very individual, very much concerned with justice. The philosophy of Eastern cultures, particularly in the first century, and these are Jews primarily. The the church was primarily Jewish for that first century. Um, It wouldn't stay that way for very long, but when this was written in the 90s or so AD, it was primarily Jews reading it, and so it's important to understand that their highest uh, priority is not justice for the individual. It is order, order is the priority of of their culture, and order is what God brings. Um, That's how they view it. So when we look at this and say, well, there's a lot of destruction happening and a nation is being destroyed because of its unfaithfulness and because God is going to to bring that about, but a lot of pain and suffering comes with that for God's people. That doesn't seem just, uh, and yet justice is not the goal. Order is the goal. Uh, and, and the justice is not always known here in this life, uh, sometimes we are collateral damage of what God has to do. And if that's hard for you, understand this. We are a part of the plan, you and I, but we are not the point of the plan. Sometimes bad things happen to good people because we are a part of the plan, but we are not the point of the plan. God loves us, and he sent Jesus to die for us because we're part of the plan. But we're not the only part of the plan. And sometimes there will be bad things that happen in this life. It's not just, but uh, it is part of God's order, and, and he is moving here. And he's moving in chapter 15, okay? So keep that in mind. Keep in mind order over justice, all right? And keep in mind the patience of God that is being that is, that is coming to an end because we've had the scrolls, the seals, the trumpets, and now the firepower, all right? Verse 1 of chapter 15, then I saw another sign in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, for with them the wrath of God is finished. And I, now, is it seven angels and seven plagues? No, uh, because a lot of people will read this and they'll try to, okay, These seven plagues, and they'll read into them and say, Well, when did this, what is this event? And is this that? And is that seven doesn't mean seven the way we understand seven? Seven means as many as it takes, as much as it takes. It could be three, it could be a hundred. It's whatever God needed to get the job done. It's a multitude that suits the purpose and completes the task. So, seven angels, seven plagues. Or whatever God needs. It's the completion of God's purpose then. Verse 2, and I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire and also those who had conquered the beast in its image and the number of its name standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands and they sing the song of Moses the servant uh, and the song of the lamb and we'll get to that in just a minute but notice the sea of glass. We've seen that imagery before. That means a multitude of people. It means the multitude of people. And in this case, it's the faithful. But this sea of glass is mingled with fire. So, again, we're talking order, not justice. There are some who have who've been lost in this, who have suffered in this. But there's a sea of glass mingled with fire, and also those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name, the number of its name being the number of mankind. Okay. Uh, And remember this, we talked about the 666 thing um, before Um, and not to get hung up on that. It just means sin. It's evil, evil that's in the world that sometimes masquerades as good. All right. Um, So here's the multitude. Here are the people, God's people, but there's fire in there too. There's some pain. There's some destruction that's gone on. These people are hurting, and not all of them are going to come out unscathed. Some will be consumed and destroyed by these troubling things. But they were there, and they were singing a song. The song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb sang. Verse, um, this is the end of verse uh, 3 here. Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God, the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations, who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name. For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. After this I looked and the sanctuary of the tent of witness in heaven was opened and out of the sanctuary came the seven angels with the seven plagues clothed in pure bright linen with golden sashes around their chest. And one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And the sanctuary was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power and no one could enter the sanctuary until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished." Okay, a lot of things to consider here. First, we have an image of a tabernacle. Now, if you're uh, watching our Hebrews series, which we're we're currently in production on, um, but you you can find its archives as well, and if you're watching this well after the fact, it's done and it's up. Uh, But in Hebrews, we see a lot of references to the tabernacle uh, or the temple. Uh, This is a place of meeting. The tent of meetings, what tabernacle is uh, or temple. But these were designed to literally be dwelling places for God. This is where God would live, where God would come and enter, and, and there was, there were burnt offerings, and there was smoke, and there was... So a Gentile, you and I, reading this, we don't understand what this means. The Jew reading it understood it perfectly. The smoke going out meant that the presence of God was there, that God was, was, was in his home. He is in his sanctuary, his temple, his, his tabernacle, God is here, and God is moving. That's what they would have understood this to mean. Now, again, you have seven angels, they've got seven plagues, and now they're being handed seven bowls of wrath. Why is God's wrath being stored up in bowls? Um, the, the, the bowls are storing God's wrath because of what we talked about earlier, the patience of God. God's patience means that his wrath has to be set somewhere has to be put aside for a period of time, and it's being stored in these bowls, but his patience is running out, and it's time for him to move. Now we're into chapter 16. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. Wow, that's powerful. You imagine there's these angels, and they're lining up, and they have the wrath of God, and they're bringing plagues in that wrath and the voice booming from the temple, go. It's time. It's time. So go. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth, and harmful and painful sores came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. So the evildoers were struck with, with illness, with the with the these sores, right, that grew all over them. And again, don't. Oh, a smallpox epidemic. No, it's, it's figurative, okay? Um, we have harm and pain to their physical bodies that's, that's being given here. Um, again, we're not talking literal whatever it is. It's, it's that the people who were evildoers are going to have their evil thrust back upon them, okay? Verse 3, The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and every living thing... Died that was in the sea. The third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel in charge of the water say, and this is important, because this third angel he pours out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and the water becomes like blood. A lot of imagery there with Moses and, and such, but listen to what this angel then says Just are you, O Holy One, who is and who was. For you brought these judgments, for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. They have shed the blood, and you've given them blood to drink. They are reaping what they've sown. And I heard the altar saying, Yes, Lord God, the Almighty, true and just are your judgments. So the altar speaks here. But I like this, that, the, that these angels are going out and they're pouring this wrath in their assigned locations and then you have the one angel almost stop and look back and go, huh, you know, I, I wasn't sure about this at first, but you were right. This is exactly what needed to be done. Um, I just like that, that the, this angel goes out and in the midst of performing this task stops and says, you were right. This is what needed to happen. This is what they need. This is what they deserve. Verse 8. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were scorched by the fierce heat. They cursed the name of God who had the power over these plagues. They did not repent and give him glory. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. And we're talking about the king, the Roman Empire here. And, and to the throne, this wrath is poured out, and the kingdom was plunged into darkness. Uh, some people there uh, think of the Dark Ages, which comes after uh, that time. Um, the Dark Ages were fairly confined to the West. Um, other parts of the world didn't know they were in the Dark Ages. So I wouldn't call this... Uh, a reference to the dark ages by any means, um, but they were plunged into darkness, into despair, uh, into wandering and suffering and, and um, grasping for some order. People gnawed their tongues in anguish and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. Verse 12, the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs, for they were demonic spirits for the battle on the great day of God the Almighty. Okay, I'm going to stop here. We're going to back up. Um, The Euphrates. I, I, this, is, this, is again, as figurative because what the Euphrates was for centuries was a great natural barrier. It was a large river, it was a strong river, and it created a border, a barrier. If you've ever crossed a big river or if you've ever watched uh, an old western where they have to take the wagon train and cross a river or if you've ever played Oregon Trail in the 1990s, uh, then you know crossing a river is no simple task it's why we build bridges, so we can cross rivers. But before the technology existed to engineer structures to allow us to cross rivers, they, they were a great natural barrier. For, for centuries and centuries, uh, nations and even states have been made up of uh, the natural borders that rivers create. Uh, here in Wisconsin, where I live now, we have a border that is formed by the Mississippi River. In Arkansas, where I grew up, we have a border that's formed by the Mississippi River. It's a large river. Uh, it's a, It's a. Can you imagine having to cross that, uh, if you've ever seen it, um, in the time before the roadways were available? Uh, what that would have taken, especially in, in a place like Memphis, because if you've ever driven through Memphis on Interstate 40, Um, from Memphis into Arkansas, into West Memphis, Arkansas, Um, and I was born in that area, Um, you leave Memphis at a much higher elevation than you arrive in the flat delta region of northeast Arkansas. Uh, And so uh, you have a great deal of elevation change in addition to crossing a river. So I can't imagine pioneers moving west crossing this. Uh, It would have been so, so difficult. But that's why rivers are important, because not only are they our borders, and, but they're protection. And they were protection for these great nations and great kingdoms. And if the water were to dry up, there's nothing keeping the enemies out. And Rome had enemies, okay? Um, the Vandals and the Visigoths and all. I mean, you can go on and on. And now they're going to pour in. They're going to come into the land, and they're going to disrupt, and they're going to destroy um, and so that's that's the point of the Euphrates drying up the sixth plague. And then from the mouth of the beast and the dragon and the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs, for they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle uh, on the great day of God the Almighty. Verse 15, behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake keeping his garments on that he may go, uh, that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. So a little parenthetical, almost like an explanation from John here uh, of this description. There's going to be a battle, and these demonic spirits are going out and they're gathering the kings and the powers and the and and, and the principalities that will will do battle with God and with the good forces in the world. And he gives this little aside here in parentheses. Um, this quote: "Behold, I'm coming. I'll come like a thief." Keep your clothes on. Be ready, okay. Be ready for that day. Don't be caught naked. Don't be caught unprepared. And they assembled them at the place that, in Hebrew, is called. And here's where you might say Armageddon, right? We've heard the name Armageddon or the term Armageddon. Uh, in Hebrew, it would actually be uh, Armegadon, or you would actually have the ch uh, sound at the beginning, Harmegadon. So Harmegadon is how it would actually be said in Hebrew. We Anglicanize it as Armageddon, and then uh, we make movies with uh, Ben Affleck and, and Bruce Willis. Um, great film, by the way. Um, so, this place. There was a place called Har- Um It would not have been a place big enough for this many people to be present. Uh, I don't believe this is literally going to be a battle that occurs here. Um, this is a place that stands in for this valley uh, where the two sides are going to meet, where this final battle is going to occur. This word has come to mean the end of the world, this battle that will end the world, Armageddon. Uh, it's it's a valley, it's a place that they would have understood as a place where the two forces will come to a meeting place and will do battle. But all this means is that the evil forces in the world, Satan's not going to take a break. He's going to continue to raise up evil and encourage evil and empower evil. Because remember, in order for Jesus to win, he needs you to look at him. But in order for Satan to win, he just needs you to look at anything else. And so that's the game here. Satan is never going to stop trying to distract us. Verse 17, The seventh angel poured out uh, his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, It is done. And there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake such as there had never been since man was on earth. So great was the earthquake. The great city was split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And God remembered Babylon the great to make her drain the cup of wine of of the fury of his wrath. And every island fled away, and no mountains were to be found. And listen to this. And great hailstones, about 100 pounds each, fell from heaven on people, and they cursed God for the plague of the hail because the plague was so severe. There's a lot of destruction coming. When God loads the gun, um, he he comes ready to fire. And when his patience has been extended and expired, He is going to move on behalf of his people. There will be suffering for his people and there will be death and destruction in this life for his people at times. But he will move in his time and in his way to bring wrath that has been stored up on those who would do evil and who would persecute. And what is the point of all this for those who are reading it and for us who are reading it? It's meant to be an encouragement that you're not alone. God is coming and God is going to do something. He's already sent his son. That is a great and eternal victory for us. But in this life, though we may suffer, God is still moving, and he is still working to defend his people and to sustain his people that they may continue to share the good news of his son. So he's not done with the things going on in this world. But we have to maintain our focus and we have to have our eyes fixed in the right direction, looking to Jesus. We'll move into chapter 17, uh, and we're in the home stretch when we get through that um, next time. So thank you for joining us, and we will see you then.